welcome back to Ashburton. We're uh, about ready to start now. It's political commentary. With Associate Professor Dr Lyra Greaves. Kia ora, Lyra. How are you this morning? Morning. Um, good, thanks. What a strange start to the political year, though. Oh, my oh, God. What a very odd one. Yeah, definitely. I was just, like, taking a walk in Albert Park and then saw this message that I did and resigned and off I ran and here we are now. Here we are indeed. It's been a very busy week for Chris Hipkins as the new Prime Minister. Let's talk about his cabinet reshuffle and the polling in a minute, but since it's happening once again, let's get into the Auckland flooding and particularly the political response. There's been a lot of criticism, uh, pretty valid criticism, about the way it was handled on Friday by Auckland uh, council, particularly the mayor's office, and also by civil defence itself. There wasn't apparently a lot of warning for people about what we were going to uh, see happen on Friday. What What's your take on it from a political perspective? What are we seeing in the fallout of this? Well, I think, of course, it all centres on the mayor and on Wayne Brown. And I, I find it amusing that New Zealanders tend to deal with traumatic situations by finding someone, picking on them and memeing them. We saw that with, like, say, the Wanaka couple and, and, and COVID and those lockdowns and various other people, transgressors. And here we, we're seeing Wayne Brown get very memed, like the, the whole lot of rain and a lot of Wayne, like just all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, that's a kind of good way to deal with tension in a way. But um, he, a lot of the criticisms are really warranted. I mean, the text that came out where he called the media drongos and said that he had to go deal with them it's like yeah that is literally your job as mayor is communication mm. and it hasn't really been clear that that's gotten through to him that there's a reason that they have things like comm staff like those communication staff are there to communicate to the public we also saw the wakakotahi staff um clock off at 5 p.m and go home when it was clear mm. that there was a pretty severe flooding and, and rain on the way so there were things along those um Different, different parts of the response that fell down. But ultimately, I mean, there are calls and a petition for Wayne Brown to resign. There's only so much that we can do to push him to do that. Um, I guess a lot of this really does start to reinforce the importance of having a mayor that the public has trust in, that more than, like, say, 15% of the public have voted for, mm-hmm. and just making sure that, yeah, people take the mayoralty seriously and understand what their role is and what they do in a disaster. Um is pretty important going forward. But he's he's downplaying a lot of it, and I think he will tend to just stick around and just be the butt of a lot of people's jokes. But who, how, how can that be resolved if there is tension, and not necessarily specifically with Wayne Brown, but, but looking more broadly, if there is tension between the public and a mayor or particularly between councillors and a mayor, anything like that, are, are there ways to remove people from that office as a petition... Uh, you know, just to scream into the void. What? What is? Are there any tools in that in that tool belt? I'm actually not sure. In the case of Mayor, I haven't looked into that in a lot of a lot of detail, honestly. But um, yeah, normally there are ways. I mean, there's, there's ways in Parliament to to remove people. But um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what the deal is for Mayor. But I would suspect that at this point, he probably won't make too many more monumental errors in the short space of time while everyone's focused on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been screenshots of him sending out an email saying that he's at his desk working um, <laughs> to reassure everyone. But, I mean, other than kind of yeah, being a joke to people, um, and, yeah, the, the only, it's only funny to a certain extent when four people have died, you know, there's only mm-hmm. so much you can make light of it, right? Um, other than being a joke to people, uh, there's 
I, I can't see him. I can just see him kind of hanging around and potentially probably losing the next election. Hmm. Well, let's look at central government now. We saw the, the cabinet reshuffle happen yesterday. Not necessarily any huge surprises there, perhaps, but uh, Michael Wood is going to be the Minister for Auckland. I feel like this mm. dovetails neatly out of talking about perhaps a less than effective mayor. What's this mean for Tamaki Makoto? It's an interesting one. So in 2002 was the last time where Judith Tizard was mayor for Auckland issues under Helen Clark's government, so it's not unprecedented. And then one of the things that a lot of people probably missed because Ardern resigned that day was that National did a shadow cabinet reshuffle and put Simeon Brown as their spokesperson for Auckland and kind of signalled that there would be a, um, a minister for Auckland if they got in. So it kind of makes sense as a role, um, given that yeah, Auckland faces unique issues and has a good chunk of the population. It also kind of signals that Michael Wood is the new critican. So he's the, the minister for a lot of different things, like the minister for everything, lots of portfolios. He might be a bit of a minister fix-it. And that kind of, I guess, bodes well that he's a, a skilled individual who throws himself into work. I guess I'm not... It's hard to tell exactly what the function of a mayor of Auckland would be. Sorry, not mayor of Auckland, a minister of Auckland would be. It would be like a mayor of Auckland in a way. Like, I think you just show up to events and listen to people. It's not necessarily clear what a minister of Auckland would do over and above mm -hmm. what the work of constituency MPs is. But, I mean, let's see. Let's bring it on and let's see, yeah, what a, what a minister for Auckland would do over and above all of that. Yeah, totally. It'll be very interesting. Were there any other things that stood out to you from the Cabinet reshuffle yesterday as interesting or notable heading into the election year? Well, I'm always watching what happens with Labour's Māori caucus, and I found it quite interesting that um, Willie Jackson went up like a huge number of places, like something like nine places, given that all of us had kind of been criticising him for his poor handling of the RNZ TVNZ merger and some of his interviews. He must have hold a lot of weight with the people in Cabinet and have a lot of power there and be quite a good performer for that to have happened. Um, we saw other Māori like Kitty Allen move up and um, future stars like Willow Jean Prime move into ministerial roles outside of Cabinet. So that was that was cool to see. Um, the next generation coming through. I think that broadly things that happened were you know, things that happened were expected. Jan Tanetti is Education Minister and Aisha Veril is Health Minister are also big moves for them. But I think that they their movement helps to counter that perception that Labour are just career politicians. So National has been hitting Labour on these two kind of retro buttons, one being you guys suck at managing the economy, the other one being you guys are all career politicians, we've got real experience. So to have... A, you know, a minister for education who's recently been a school principal and a minister for health that's been a doctor, um, that kind of shows that up a bit. It's an interesting, it is an interesting, uh, I guess, m maybe a subtle move in, in a lot of ways, but it definitely seems to be doing well for them. Obviously, the first poll we've seen came out before the cabinet reshuffle, but it has been very positive for Labour. What's your takeaways from the polling that we've seen this week? Well, I had a point with all of the news and all the different hot takes by different commentators and by myself on different occasions and everyone around me. I had a point where I was getting really sceptical and annoyed, to be honest. And I was like, what is the first poll going to say? Because, like, you, know, you can talk to people at Pilates, you can talk to people at getting coffee, whatever, and they can say things about Hipkins, you can talk to your father, but there's nothing like a poll. That's what they're there for. And so seeing the polls not go down, I think, was a positive step for Labour. So if the polls had gone down after Hipkins had taken the lead, then that would be a really good signal that some of Labour's support was just under Ardern.
and focused on Jacinda Ardern. The fact that they've gone up a few points, both of them have gone up a few points, is promising for Hopkins and for Labour. Um, and really, I think, really starts to reinforce that we will have a close election this time around. Like, um, and both both of the polls are showing things like a deadlocked kind of hung parliament and it all coming down to Te Pāti Māori. So I think we're going to have another MMP election, just like 2017. It's going to be a close oh, election. Yeah. And that's that's what we're we're on for, and it's I think it's it's hard for everyone to get their head around the idea that Jacinda Ardern wasn't holding a huge amount of support for Labour, and it's really hard for international media to get their head around that as well. But that just seems to be how it is, you know. Polls sometimes are wrong, but having two high quality ones say the same thing is is pretty reassuring for where we're at. It's going to be a very interesting political year. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Lara. Stay dry out there, and we oh. will see you soon. Thank you, Kia ora. You just heard a bit of political commentary.